Okay, we are live here. How's it going, man? How you doing? Everyone doing okay? We're going to be talking about some stuff today, right? This is uh, Thursday's topical session. And uh, we want to look at uh, the Quran and the Old Testament Bible. When it speaks about warfare and violence. Violence and warfare. Is it the same? Is the Quran and the Old Testament Bible the same in warfare and in violence? That's the conversation today. Those are the things we will shall be speaking of. And of course, we'll go to one of our friends over at apologeticspress.org and read an article and have ourselves a conversation. Have ourselves a conversation. We are 9 a.m. this morning. We're a bit earlier. We're, we're an hour earlier. We typically go at 10 a.m. from Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. But uh, there's a lot of things to take care of here, responsibilities and priorities and such. And um, got to get those things done and all that, all that. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have ourselves a topical discussion on the Quran and the Old Testament Bible. Please consider subscribing to the channel, giving us a thumbs up, leave a comment, share the link far and wide. My name is Stefan Maier, AddedSouls.com is the website, and you can certainly sign up to AddedSouls.Locals.com if you seek to support the work through the Maier family and the mission over here as we labor alongside the East Coast Church that belongs to Jesus. And uh, you can check out the .com, EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com, or our Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. If you're not comfortable with signing up to addedsouls.locals.com, there is the PayPal option, email address addedsouls at gmail.com, or you can reach out to me and we can have ourselves a video chat or a phone call or email exchange and uh, have yourself a physical address to reach out to. Okay, let's put up the article on the screen and we shall begin uh, reading. Where are you here? There you go there. Okay, now where are you? Right there, right? That look right? Yeah, see? There we are. There we are. All right, so the article title is, or quotes, Does the warfare and violence in the Old Testament differ with the Quran? And that's a very good question. Good to see you there, Jackie. I see your comment now. I was able to mess around with some of the settings here and see some comments. I don't know if I can see the comments from all the platforms that I'm streaming live on because we are live on Rumble, we're live on Twitter, we're live on Facebook, uh, we're live on YouTube, and so I don't know if I can see all the comments, but I certainly do see your good morning there, Jackie, so thanks for uh, chiming in with us. Does the warfare and violence in the Old Testament differ with the Quran? An article from our friends over at apologeticspress.org, and I certainly do encourage you to check out their material. It's very good, and it was quite useful to me in my faith when I was trying to make sense of life way back in 2011 when we chose to go away from our heathen and pagan ways to um, um, now following a man named Jesus and learning what that's all about, and uh, we've still been on the journey ever since. So this article, of course, is going to dive into... Um, an argument that is often utilized by those who have not read <laughs> the Bible uh, in its context more so, or in a way to justify the Quran or things like that. 
and uh, they would often say, oh, well, you know, you guys read the Bible. Well, the Bible's just as violent and 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 uh, war-torn, if you will, as the Quran. So why, you know, why would you have an objection towards the Quran if your own book speaks the same way, like it's the same kind of language? And that would be a valid argument. I mean, that would, I'd be like, oh, yeah, right, you know. And if you're genuinely asking the question, it's a good question. I found myself asking that question when I was trying to make sense of what is, what's religion and why are the why are there all sorts of religion? Why is there Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, uh, and why are why are all these things happening? Why even under the umbrella of Christendom are there all sorts of different churches that claim to be Christian churches? You know, your your search is uh, can be a lengthy one because there's a lot of information involved, and you got to kind of have an independent faith. You got to look into things for your own self. That doesn't mean you can't have an expediency. You can't have perhaps individuals who have looked into that before you and are just helping you, you know, with um, some answers or whatnot. But ultimately, you got to have an independent mind. And one of those questions did came up, come up for me as well. I was like, well, you know, what's the difference between the Bible and the Quran, really? Which which book is inspired? Are both books inspired? And why why is it true that one book speaks of violence and the other one as well? And so, you know, it, it's a legitimate question if it comes from a sincere and authentic motive uh, so to that end but somehow more so than not it seems that it is utilized as a um, as a way to justify ignorance you know I don't need to read the Bible or I don't need to follow the Christ or I don't need to know about Christianity because your books just as blah 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 as the other or things like things like that right so anyways does the warfare and violence in the Old Testament differ with the Quran Good morning there, Kim. Good to see you with us. Okay, so um, let's begin here. If I can just... This, of course, is written by our brother Dave Miller. And uh, it begins like this. It says, the question, of course, the question is asked of uh, Apologetics Press. The claim is often made by Muslims that the warfare, violence, and killing enjoined, not enjoyed, but enjoined in the Quran are no different than the same enjoined in the Bible. Is this claim justified? So is there credibility to this claim that in the Quran, the warfare and violence and killing is equivalent? It is of the same spectrum and measurement as you would find in the Bible. Well, if so, we need to look into that. If not, we need to look into that. Can we have reasonable minds? Can we, can we think for ourselves here? Can we be free thinkers? Well, the answer, of course, can, is as such, and I'll be quoting here from the article, and we'll have discussion as we go forward. Before turning to the Old Testament, the writer says, Observe that in his lifetime on earth, Jesus clearly differed with Muhammad in his promotion of religion. And that is indeed, it's an honest claim. And if we reason with it, you'll under. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's transparent. It's upright. Watch. Muslim scholar Mohammed Pikthal's own summary of Muhammad's war record is an eye-opener. And the quote from this here, Muhammad Pikthal, is as such. The number of the campaigns which he led in person during the last 10 years of his life is 27. He being Muhammad, of course, their pro the Islamic pro prophet, in nine of which there was hard fighting. 
the number of the expeditions which he planned and sent out under uh, uh, other leaders is 38, end quote. What a contrast with Jesus, who never once took up the sword to inflict violence on others or encouraged anyone else to do so. Now, it's just, again, it's, it's just an honest, very surface observation that anyone who has the right motive can uh, receive. There's a difference in Muhammad and Jesus on the plateau of violent exhibitions. The Christ did not participate nor invoke such methods to conquer, but Muhammad certainly did. Why is there a difference between the, the two? Okay, well, that's an interesting question. Let's keep reading the article here. The one time that one of his close followers took it upon himself to do so, this is the Christ, right? The one time that one of Jesus's close followers took it upon himself to do so, to practice or to, yeah, to, to engage in act of violence, the disciple was soundly reprimanded and ordered to put the sword away with the added warning, quote, all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. I mean, it's, it's a true statement. It's a true statement. You must be ready to uh, depart this earth if you are actively uh, engaging uh, violence or have um, tools in which could engage violence. I mean, for instance, if you are a police officer, you have weapons on you. You have firearms. And you live by that code and service and defense. So it is understood that every day when you go on the job, you might die by the same hardware you carry, by evildoers. If you are a soldier in the military, and you are uh, accredited firearms and weaponry. It is understood that every day you're out there on a mission, you might die <laughs> by the same hardware you legally possess and operate for service and self-defense. So it, it, it's, it's a true... It's a true statement, correct? Of course. Jesus, of course, was not here, or at the time, of course, of his fulfillment and mission, he had to go to the cross. It was not time for Peter or anyone else to violently get involved in an act of self-defense to save their friend, which is, of course, a valiant effort, and the scriptures would further say that that is indeed something in principle that we should practice, which is to defend our human lives and the stewardship we've been given to experience here, to, to, to the purpose of our existence, and, and also to those uh, of our household and neighborhood and whatnot. So, but to the point of the article in regards to the charge of the Quran, speaking that the Bible is indeed the same equal measurement of violence and warfare and killing, well, not so in the 
perspective of Muhammad and the Christ. There's a big difference here. We keep reading the article. It says, indeed, when Pilate quizzed Jesus regarding his intentions, he responded, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, pay attention now, my servants would fight because it would have an earthly, uh, physical, literal location that needed to be defended. In no way, shape, or form is the writer of this article, our brother Jeff, over at apologeticspress.org, nor is at any time Christ himself saying that you cannot defend yourself. This has nothing to do with that. This is another podcast discussion for another time. We most certainly have the principle and authority permitted upon us from the freedom we have in Christ to self-defense. So this is nothing in violation of that. This is not saying you can't practice self-defense. This is in regards to violent warfare and exhibition, killing, in order to further the cause of Christianity. Nowhere is in the Bible will you find the Christ teaching us Christians to violently practice warfare and kill all those who do not submit and surrender to Christianity. That's the, that's the whole thing here. That's the point. You just want to get straight to it. Okay, that, that's the point. Hi, Anik. Good to see you there. I see you in the comment thread. So he says, my servants would fight if it were a physical conquest that we must participate in. If our Lord's kingdom was a physical house, a physical kingdom, then there might be command and instruction and guidance to conquer. But you see, in the age of the Messiah, to which you and I live, the age of the Christian era, uh, we do not practice those things. For that, uh, for 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 the uh, the Lord's kingdom is not a physical one; it's a spiritual one. It is true that the Lord's kingdom can assemble together because we are the body of the Christ. We assemble together, and you can see us physically assemble together and say, look, there is the church, the kingdom of our Lord and Master, physically assembled, but we are a spiritual house that belongs to our Lord. Anyway, a bit of an excursion, uh, some thoughts and studies your way. My servants would fight, Jesus says, so that I, w uh, I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. And I find it interesting how Jesus would say, my servants would fight so as to not be delivered to who? The Jews. Who was Jesus in ethnicity? He was a Jew. Who were his people, his siblings, his family, his culture? The Jews. The Jews should have received him, believed him, followed him, loved him. But they did not. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Right? Christ would say how he would have loved to have gathered them under his wings, but they would not have it. They were corrupted. So that was found in John 18.36. The article continues, Hence, so far as Christianity is concerned, the use of warfare and violence to advance its teaching is strictly forbidden. It's just not the way Christianity grows. It's not by putting a gun to your head and saying, if you don't bow down to the Christ, I'm going to blow your brains out. No. 
that ain't the case at all whatsoever matter of a fact that would be an act of lawlessness against the christ and his instruction for us to grow the gospel cause because truly do you want someone loving you because you put a gun to their head and said if you leave me i'll shoot you we all know those kind of toxic relationships right very devastating why did you stay with him so long? Because he'd kill me if I left him. Well, that's not love. Jesus wants us to follow him of pure heart because we've learned to know who he is and gotten to understand the rightly handled penmanship of the Holy Spirit. Is that the same with Islam? Is that how Muslims are made? Eh, if you don't want to be an, a Muslim, that's fine. Is that what Muhammad taught? Interesting questions, if you're honest, to ask. Hence, so far, Christianity is concerned. The article continues, the use of warfare, of course, was forbidden. All those who have done so over the last 2,000 years, an example, the Crusades, right, which are often quoted when speaking with Muslims, because Muslims are firmly convinced that Catholicism is Christianity. We used to believe the same. I was born into Catholicism. The community, the family, the, everything was through the religious ancestral lineage that was passed down to us, which is Catholicism, the most ancient religious denomination recorded. All those who have done so over the last 2,000 years, who have claimed Christian Christianity as an expedition of violence, uh, have acted in violation of New Testament teaching. Now, in an act of self-defense, it is understood. To defend one's sovereignty, one's freedom from the barbarian. But never to advance the kingdom of our Lord. We convert individuals to Christ with peace and love and mercy and grace. That's how the Christ grows. That's how his kingdom flourishes. Never by violence. Uh, and Muhammad, the article continues, whose religion has been spread by such violence, is clearly acting contrary to Jesus' teachings. Because Islam and Christianity are in opposition to one another. One is of peace, love, mercy, grace. The other is of violence, bloodshed, murder. Submission. The word Islam itself means submission. Okay, so we continue. It says, but what about the warfare and violence affirmed and approved in the Old Testament? Okay, so now we don't have, there are no arguments here in regards to the New Testament and the Christ. Muhammad and Jesus are very different. The objective of Islam is very different than the objective of Christianity. Very, very different in the, in or, or should I say, in the manner in which it seeks to fulfill its objective there, a bit more accurate. The way Islam does it is by violence, intimidation, murder, submission. Whether you want it or not, you bow down or you die. Similar, of course, to the Roman Empire and power of the first century. If you do not submit to the Golden Eagle and the Roman Empire, you will be executed. You must denounce your Christianity, your, 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 your faith in the Christ. That's how that operated. In Christianity, that is not how that operates. 
I would love to talk to you about a man named Jesus. I would love for you to hear me proclaim the message that I've been learning all these years. I don't want none of it. Leave me alone with all that Christian stuff. It's all rubbish to me, and I don't want to hear a word from it. No problem, sir. No worries on my end. I, I'll be on your way. I'll, I'll keep doing what I do. There it is. No, no need for violence. No need to have any kind of physical altercation or assault here. You go about your business. I'll go about mine. And uh, that's all there is to it. That is not the way in respect to Muhammad and the Quran. If you do not bow down to Islamic uh, tradition and writings, then you will die. And you will die a very horrific and barbaric death. However, what about the Old Testament, though? Right There's the argument. There's where we find ourselves in a department of argument. Well, the Old Testament then. Okay, fine, oh, fine, okay. The, uh, the, the New Testament. Fine. It's, it's not about violence, and Jesus doesn't want us to, to utilize violence as an act uh, uh, to uh, grow the church. Okay, fine. But the Old Testament, though, the Old Testament is filled with violence. Well, consider several clear distinctions, the article says. And this article is from apologeticspress.org. Consider uh, uh, several clear distinctions, he says. Let's see what they have to say here. First, the Israelite conquest of the land of Canaan was a specific, unique moment in history that was brought on by the depravity of the Palestinian peoples at the time. So we want context, right? We want to understand why that took place. Well, that's why. Deuteronomy 7 makes clear that the reason for their destruction was their idolatry and wickedness. God did not order the Israelites to kill people for failing to convert to Judaism. That must be understood because, again, very ignorant, powerful influences in this fallen world will have you fully convinced that somehow that was the practice of Judaism, to violently murder all who would not convert to the Jewish system. And that is simply not true. It had nothing to do with that. That was not the purpose of conversion. It was not the purpose of the Jew to convert Gentile, Greek, pagan, heathen, Philistine, whatever, to uh, the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was not to be done with violence. The violence came as a result of idolatry and wickedness. So he ordered them to eliminate the Palestinian population due to the fact that they were ex extremely degraded morally and spiritually irretrievable. Uh, irretrievable. Irretrievable. There we go. A final condition that only God not mere humans can assess, by the way. Sound familiar? Their iniquity had become full, it says, Genesis 15, 16, and they needed to be destroyed, just like the pre-flood population, Genesis 6, 5. But God has never issued an ongoing, long-standing order to conquer the world and kill all sinners of all those who disagree with the Bible religion. Islam, on the other hand, seeks to subjugate the entire 
world. Surah, Surah 2, 190-193. So that's first. Second, please consider subscribing, giving a thumbs up, leave a comment, share the link far and wide on your social media platforms. This helps the material and the substance in the material to find individuals like you and I who may find reinforcement in our faith speaking of these things. It may find renewal in those among us who have drifted away. And it may reach the fallen. It may reach the faithless. This is important information in a world drenched with quote-unquote misinformation, right? And please consider signing up to editsouls.locals.com to support the work. There is also the PayPal option, email address, editsouls at gmail.com. Or if you seek a physical address, reach out to me personally. Thank you. Second, this side of the cross, the God of the Bible wants the entire world to have access to the gospel without being coerced or threatened with death. Because again, then you are, then you see the Christ create a follower and mold a follower faithfully to him and the cause of the gospel. You can't have that if you have a violent, a violent, a violent excursion to the cause. If you don't bow down to Jesus, we will murder you. Like, how is that intimidation, those threats, those acts of violence ever going to genuinely have the a proper motive? It won't. It won't. It has never, it, it never has in any department of religious conversation or even political sway. We could, we could, we could take this in any format. If you're going to find yourself employment and the employer says, you better get here at this time or I'll murder you, you know, are you going to find yourself an individual working for you because he or she truly genuinely wants to? Well, no, they're going to fear for their life and that's why they're going to work for you. You don't want that. That's vain. That's idle. That's useless. It's not going to produce anything of true value. You've created a... Um, an individual whom you've robbed of their free will, if you will, to a certain degree, obviously, because the individual can't say no, but you understand, I think, what I'm saying here. No, not at all. It has to be of a, of a free-thinking mind, a free will. So this, is, this side of the cross, the God of the Bible, wants the entire world to have access to the gospel without being coerced or threatened with death. Hence, the central directive and standing order of Christianity consists of, quote, evangelizing. The whole world. The Greek word for evangelize means to bring or announce good news, to proclaim or to preach the gospel. While Islam seeks to coerce everyone to embrace Islam, in fact, God wants the gospel spread throughout the world until Jesus returns. Matthew 28.20 So, it would be completely counterproductive for God to enjoin extermination of people for not accepting Christ during the period of time of one's earthly sojourn. You see, the day of reckoning will occur at the judgment. Islam, by definition, seeks to implement judgment day right now. In time, in history, literally, 
circumventing God's own timetable. God commands the preaching of the gospel, Mark 16, 15, 16, which is intended to inform and warn people about what lies ahead after death and departure from this life. It's very different than Islam. It's very, very different than what Islam teaches. Third, God does not want human beings to be forced to obey him. They must be allowed to exercise their own uh, volition while in this life. It's their choice. Islam presumes to take it upon itself to pass final judgment prematurely rather than allowing everyone to make their own choices as long as they are alive and then face the eternal consequences of their choices after death, not before. Hebrews 9.27 Even on the day of judgment, God will not force people to submit to him. They were given that opportunity in life. At the judgment, he will simply consign them to the location of their choice based on how they chose to live. Again, Islam interferes with God's will. Islam is, in fact, a, a, at odds with and counterproductive to God's intentions regarding the purpose of human existence on earth. Indeed, Islam seeks to frustrate and tort the plan of God in which life on earth is intended to be as a probationary period in which each human being is given the opportunity to exercise his free will regarding God's will. What's more, the central reason why such a mandate to subjugate the world is incorrect is because the God of the Bible would not issue such a mandate. It would conflict with his will that humans freely choose. In this regard, Islam is in direct opposition to the very nature of deity and the image of himself that he placed within each person. Genesis 1.27 All humans must be permitted to make the choice without coercion. The attribute of free will was created within humans by God and has, and he wants each person to decide for himself where he will spend eternity. Free will. It is through love and mercy and grace, instruction, courage, the truth, reality, all religious organizations that seek conversion, which do not utilize the truth, will most often than not utilize intimidation, coercion, and violence. Or the, um, the tactics of uh, deceitful manipulation, or what we commonly call, you know, brainwashing and cults and stuff like that, where you find uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing, a tyrant, a diatrophic or pharisaical individual who will manipulate your thoughts and um, have you uh, no longer independent, uh, but rather now um, submissive uh, to his oppression or tyranny. I mean, that's not, that's not love. That's not the way of the Christ, that's not the way of the living God. The way of the living God is that we come to him of free will, seeking. Why the purpose of quoting, or why the purpose behind Christ saying, ask, seek, and knock, if it's not up to you? You have to do it or I'll, or I'll murder you. Well, that wouldn't fit the bill. That wouldn't be proper to the context and the way and nature of the Christ, which says you have to, see, you have to ask, seek, and knock. 
Christianity is an educated religion. You have to purposely, from your own free will, activate your independence through the accountability that you now have, you and I, in order to um, know the Christ, believe the Christ, and choose to follow the Christ. The article continues here from our friends over at apologeticspress.org. Fourth, it says, fourth, we must understand that Israel was a theocracy. In other words, civil government was combined with the direct religious rule of God. If God were so conducting himself today, he might issue orders to a specific country regarding the elimination of various people who behave in a morally deplorable manner, but he is not so conducting himself. This side of the cross, he directs the church, the only receptible uh, or the only uh, receptable of the saved on earth, if you will, to focus her efforts on evangelism. On the other hand, he enjoins upon civil government in all countries the responsibility to bear the sword. Romans 13.4. I mean, that's the reason why we pay our taxes, capital punishment upon evildoers, as punishment for those who violate the civil laws of the land. Islam has co uh, confounded God's approach by fusing religion and state. While God desires that all people on earth permit Christian principles to permeate their lives, which would naturally and inevitably bring Christian influence to governmental institutions, nevertheless, he does not want Christianity imposed unto a government forcibly. The founders of America uh, well understood this principle. The majority passionately desired that the bulk of the population remain committed to the one true God. In other words, the God of the Bible, the 66 books of the Holy Bible, and that Christian principles permeate the republic. But they also fiercely protected each individual's right to choose and practice one's own understanding of religion. So the true practice of Islam and implementation of the Quran's directives would inevitably result in the destruction of the U.S. Constitution and the liberties that Americans have historically enjoined. And that would be true from our here citizenry in Canada also. Though different from the American culture of independence, we still, with chartered rights and our uh, um, chartered rights and constitutional uh, writings, if you will, gave us freedom, gave us sovereignty and privilege, which would be taken away, of course, if conquered by the Islamic worldview. So, uh, let me see, public contrast. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, indeed, in his farewell address, the article continues, the father of our country insisted, quoting now, of all the dispositions and habits which lead the political prosperity to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism, who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness. These firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. The mere politician equally with the pious man, ought to respect and to cherish them. A volume could not trace all their connections with private and public felicity. Let it simply be asked, 
where is the security for property, for reputation, for life? If the sense of religious obligation desert the oaths which are the instruments of investigation in courts of justice? And let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Whatever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar structure, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. It is substantially true that virtue or morality is a necessary spring of popular government. The rule, indeed, extends with more or less force to every species of free government. Who that is a sincere friend to it can look with indifference upon attempts to shake the foundation of the fabric. Finally, in the article here, it is important to recognize that the evidence demonstrates that the Quran does not possess the attributes of inspiration, but rather shows itself to be a, of a human origin. Consequently, it mandates to conquer the world is of human origin. On the other hand, the Bible can be proven by abundant evidence to be the inspired word of God. It clearly teaches that God has given no mandate this side of the cross for his people to engage in physical force to advance Christianity. And therein concludes the article from our friends over at ApologeticsPress.org. The title, Does the Warfare and Violence in the Old Testament Differ with the Quran? Well, it most certainly does. It's not the same thing whatsoever. And we are wise, of course, to understand that. There's a difference between the 66 books of the Holy Bible and the Quran. The 66 books of the Holy Bible are inspired, God-breathed, authentic, genuine, real, transparent, upright. The Quran is a book written by the mind of men. And it is indeed created with violence and murder earthly conquest through bloodshed. That was Muhammad's life, and it is indeed the life of all those who follow faithfully the Quran. You see, when they say Islam is a peaceful religion, they are blatantly lying to you. I used to believe that as well, by the way, until I began reading it for myself and studying religion for myself. No, uh, the Quran is certainly not a, a book governed in context for peace. It is governed to bring forth great bloodshed, bloodlust, warfare, and murder. It seeks to have intimidation and coercion. It even promotes lying to achieve its deceptive agenda. And it is indeed the fastest growing religion on the world, in the world because people are ignorant and believe what the TV tells them. And TV's a liar. So, to the question again, does the warfare and violence in the Old Testament differ with the Quran? Yeah, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a major difference there. 
There's a there's a major difference. Um, and we are wise to pay attention to that difference, lest we be found in a hot mess <laughs> where we are currently, of course, finding ourselves in these fallen nations, these fallen Western nations. They fall into the hands of this uh, these war-torn minds filled with Islamic uh, ritual and shrine and, and tradition, barbaric minds who find pleasure in murdering their enemies and their enemies are all who do not submit to Islam. That's what we're seeing in our streets. In the city here, just yesterday, vehicles with flags, pro-Hamas flags, in the city here, on the east coast of Canada. They were protesting not too long ago. Pro-Palestinian Hamas worldviews. I don't know what else to say to you. Like, really. Take your head out of the sand. Turn off CTV and CNN and CBC and uh, MSNBC and all these propaganda channels who are paid and purchased by very evil, nefarious powers and start to think for yourself and look into these things. Read the Old Testament, read it in context, and then go ahead and read the Quran and read it in context. You'll see. If you're an honest person, you'll see it. You'll see it very clearly. Yeah, that's how that works. Christianity is the pure religion. It is the inspired writing of the Holy Bible. And it'll set you free from the bondage of Islam. Or Hinduism. Or Buddhism. Or denominationalism. Masquerading itself as Christianity. It'll set you free from all the myth, sensationalism, lies, deception that the world has produced and tagged religious worldview upon. It's a very liberating very liberating practice to follow the Christ. A very courageous one. A very peaceful one. I've found no greater peace and tranquility than in Christ. That doesn't mean that life's easy. Life isn't easy. It didn't get easier. <laughs> it got harder, I think. But life is so much better with the Christ. Because it speaks of eternal things and spiritual things. Um, on this earth, you may conquer and kill, but ultimately someone in turn is going to conquer and kill. And the rivers of bloodlust continue to flow. And a wicked generation. But with the Christ, we can have family, we can have unity, we can have peace, we can have eternal life, we can have the forgiveness of our sins. We can have his providence and power and prayer. We have his words. We have his words. So no, the Quran holds no weight next to the scriptures, the holy scriptures, the 66 books of the Holy Bible. They are God-breathed. The Quran, just like all other books created by the minds of men, is generated with selfish ambitions, bloodlust, perversions, corruptions, 
And sadly, millions and millions and millions of people fall prey to it. Sometimes they are born into that system. Sometimes they are converted to that system. If you find a very violent, barbaric Muslim, he or she is faithful to the Quran and to their Prophet Muhammad. If you find a very peaceful, loving, and kind Muslim, they are unfaithful to the Quran and to Muhammad. They pick and choose verses out of context to make it seem as if they are following the Islamic code, but they aren't, which is why true, authentic, genuine, violent Muslims seek and do murder Muslims <laughs> who are not adherent to the true pattern and context of the Quran and Muhammad. If you find Christians who are um, acting in uh, selfish gain and ambition and violence and murder, uh, they are not following the way of the Christ at all. If you find peaceful Christians, loving Christians, kind Christians, who proclaim the truth, then yes, then you find a pure follower of the Christ. I had to learn these things, by the way. It took time. It took time to learn these things. Uh, let me see here some comments. We have Willie with us. Willie Bitson. Willie says, good evening to everyone. I'm watching from Kalumanga, Church of Christ, congregation in the hills of Uganda, Africa. Good to see you, Willie. Rashard's with us, Rashard D. Brown. He says, the problem with challenging people of the Quran is that they say you can't fully understand it unless you read it in their original language. Yeah, that is indeed, um, at times, an argument they will utilize. It's kind of like, um, you see that principle utilized all over the place. Uh, some Christians who have since corrupted the word of God for their own selfish ambitions, will have you say, oh, well, uh, it's because you don't understand the original language. You have to understand the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic. No, no, you don't. You can literally read the English translation you have in your hands and you'll be fine. It is true there might be some little words here and there in the Bible you need to check a bit deeper. I mean, understandable for sure. But you, you, you can know how to follow Jesus and love Jesus and have the forgiveness of your sins and be a member of his congregation without knowing the Greek and the Aramaic and the Hebrew. Now, if you want to study the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, by all means, power to you. I studied the Greek. I've learned the Greek. It, it, helped your, it helps your faith grow stronger, no doubt. It, it helps you mature in the Word, no doubt. But it's not a necessity. Yet, you, you are correct, Rashad. Um, sometimes the, the Islamic powers would be like, well, it's because you just don't know how to speak it or read it in its original. No, no, no. <laughs> the, <laughs> we can read it. We know what it says. The context is there. Uh, we see that utilized with anything. Oh, well, you know, you, we just have to do what the... We've heard this one these past three years, haven't we? Or since 2020. Just do what the government tells you to do because we aren't the experts. We're not We're not the... Uh, uh, health authorities here. We're not this, or, or science. Believe the science, right? Follow the science experts who are telling us, you know, we, we have to do this, that, and the other. Well, no, I, I can, I can, the words produce, I can, I, I, I don't need to go ask anyone if I'm a male or a female. I really don't. I know what gender I am every day. Every day. I wake up, I look in the mirror, I know what gender I am. I don't need to go ask a, an expert. I don't need to know the original language. I can see it for myself. It's right there. So, uh, very, very good comment there, Rashad. Uh, you, 
very true indeed. They, they go to these arguments, but truly there, there's nothing there. Steve with us. Good to see you, Steve. Steve says, Galatians 1, 8, and 9 reveals and exposes error in more than one false teaching. You got it. You got it. And, uh, you know, sadly, this world is enamored with uh, falsehoods. There are... <laughs> There are, it's such a deep mountain of it. It is truly, you know, the truth is truly the uh, needle in the haystack. It is. But it's there. One might look at a farm, a, a barn at a farm. You know, I grew up uh, in a farming community and the barns and baling hay and mountains of hay. and It's huge. I mean, man, if you tell me there's a needle in there, I have to find, oh, man, that's going to take forever. Well, it'll certainly take some time, no doubt. I mean, you're not going to be able to be like, oh, okay, I'll have this done in a half hour. It's going to take some time, but it's there. And if you are truly seeking to find that needle, or as the Bible would say, that that pearl that's in the field, you'll do everything you can to purchase that field because you want that pearl. I'll buy the farm. I need that needle. It's in the haystack somewhere. Uh, and of, indeed, that's that's what Jesus wants. That Jesus wants that seeking heart. Ask, seek, knock. Yeah, but Jesus, why do you speak to people in parables? I speak to people in parables because it activates a filter system, a filtering system, where those who are truly not humble and seeking, they won't pass through. But those who do, they'll learn and they'll understand what the message is and they'll be set free from it, from, uh, by it. Yeah, that's it. Well, that makes sense. The Quran... Um, you know, and Islam is a true and real threat. And we do not, do not need to engage violence. We must certainly activate self-defense, mind you. I mean, these people who are faithful to the Quran and Muhammad want to murder us. There is no doubt about it. They are right here, right now, in the city. And they've said it publicly. They're going to get rid of all of us. That's the whole plan. That's the whole plan. We must defend ourselves because we've been given the stewardship of this existence to proclaim the good news of the Christ. We wouldn't be good stewards of our existence for the cause of the Christ to simply surrender to the barbarians. No, not at all. We must practice self-defense and we must remove evil from our shores if there is ever going to be a renewal to our former glories here in Canada and in America. Though I highly doubt it at this time. We've gone too far. That's my opinion. I may be wrong. I hope I am. I have no problem with being wrong. I'd much rather being wrong and then changing to being right than having myself snared in pride and self-righteousness and being completely ignorant to everything taking place. But yeah, Christianity grows when it sows. It produces kindness and mercy and grace, and we proclaim it with love that there is freedom in Christ. But Islam does not do that. Islam conquers with bloodshed, which is why with this current here everyday tabloid in regards to Israel and Palestine and all that kind of stuff, all of them are wrong religiously, the whole lot of them. They are all lost spiritually, sadly, unfortunately. However, to have ourselves a socio-political uh, cooperation, if you will, on this earth, uh, we cannot permit violent barbarism that would murder little children 
and rape women and 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 murder men and just 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 a disregard for human life in such a barbaric way no those things need to be taken and capital punishment needs to be practiced that's why we pay our taxes according to paul speaking to the christians in rome yeah absolutely but that we, we, we don't convert that way that's not how you're gonna you know that's not how you're gonna convert people to christ by saying if you don't obey me i'll cut your head off with this sword you know no you're gonna have yourself a, a society of fear We don't want that. There's no fear in Christ. You can stand bold and courageous knowing that your life is secure with him. That's a very comforting and healing reality for us who are faithful to the Christ. Islam don't produce that. Hinduism don't, don't do that. Buddhism don't do that. Denominationalism, even under the umbrella of quote-unquote Christendom, don't do that. You have to go to the pure written word, the inspired word. And there is no other inspired book but the Holy Bible. I've done my own studies with that. You go ahead and do your own. Don't believe me for it. Don't take my word for it. I may be wrong, right? I'm not inspired. I'm just a common blue-collar guy like you. I could be wrong. I've been wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again tomorrow. Look into it for yourself. I had to look into it for myself. See, that's Christianity. Ask questions. Look into things for your own self. You can question. It's, it, it's, it's permitted. It's authorized. <laughs> it's encouraged, actually. We were uh, having our assembly with the East Coast congregation here. Um, and, uh, you know, we were talking about how beautiful it is in this assembly. Because there is no diatrophic presence there. There is no uh, high-handed or heavy-handed oppressor. Um, here we're equal and we're learning together. That's Christianity. Not being argumentative, not being uh, 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 practicing delinquency or, or offense or anything, but just learning together. Like, hey, why would this verse say that thing? And why would this verse say that? Well, let's learn together. See, that's Christianity. Good stuff? All right, my friends. I truly appreciate your kind attention, all the comments. Um, I think I'm only seeing the comments come from Facebook. I'm not seeing my comments from Twitter or YouTube or Rumble or anything. I'll have to see if there's a way to change that. But I certainly do appreciate your kind engagement. If, if you find substance, please just like, share the, the link far and wide, drop a comment, subscribe. Uh, all that kind of stuff really helps us move forward. And the, the purpose is having people read the bible that follow jesus that that everything we do falls into those three point categories that are that were established when i created this work way back in 2012 reach the faithless renew the fallen and reinforce the faithful that's what we're doing here and if you'd like to partake in that if you'd like to help us move forward uh pay the bills you know so the lights are kept on, uh, sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can support us there. You can also go through PayPal as a donation, email address addedsouls at gmail.com. And uh, there's also a physical address. If you'd like to send us something, just reach out to me. We can have a video chat, a phone call, or an email exchange, whatever, whatever is necessary. We rely on God's good grace. And we were doing this before we even received a dime in support. 
and we'll do it if it ever happens again where we receive not even a dime for this work. We'll keep working. God's most important. It is our priority in life. Where else are we going to go? What else are we going to do? Go back to the world? What are you, crazy? I've seen what we <laughs> I was a part of the world for a long time. I know what was going on over there. I'm not going back there. As difficult as it is to be a Christian and as challenging as it is to go through this life following the Christ, I'm not going there. We're not going back to the, to the old life. We're not doing that. I'm not going to go to Islam. We're not going to go to Buddhism or anything. I'm not going to do it. We're going to follow Jesus. That's all there is to it. All right, man. Stay focused. Stay positive. Lord willing, we shall see each other again next time. Check the itinerary. We go live from Monday to Friday, generally 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Over here, we labor along with East Coast Church of Christ in New Brunswick, Canada. Peace out.